Eminent domain is theft. A bill that requires more landowners to agree to pipeline construction on their property advances. I think it's a complete myth that these projects need eminent domain. And it has Democrats and Republicans both supporting and opposing. This bill is not perfect. From IPR News, this is the legislative podcast Under the Golden Dome. A bill allowing a pipeline to transfer emissions from ethanol plants to carbon capture plants is only seeing action from the House of Representatives. I must advance legislation that protects landowners to the greatest extent possible. Also, penalties for fentanyl distribution move forward, but it doesn't allow people to use fentanyl test strips. Somebody who is utilizing drugs can test to make sure that they are not accidentally ingesting fentanyl. And the Senate advances a proposal from the governor that places prohibitions on discussing any aspect of gender identity in elementary school. Instruction on gender identity and sexual orientation, in my view, is totally unnecessary for elementary students. This is ridiculous, and creating a culture of silence around these topics will lead to disruption, bullying, and prejudice. I'm John Pimble. This is Under the Golden Dome for the week ending March 24th, 2023. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen of the House. Uh, We're 11 weeks in. Dozens of bills pass in the chambers. Some of the topics are well known. House File 595 addresses the synthetic opioid and fentanyl crisis we're facing in Iowa and the recent spike in drug overdose deaths. Republican Representative Phil Thompson is the floor manager. This bill increases penalties if someone makes, delivers, or is in possession of the drug fentanyl. A penalty does not apply to a person seeking medical attention due to drug overdose. Division 2 of this bill deals with um, opioid antagonist distribution and it expands the definition of secondary distributors. An example of an opioid antagonist is naloxone. It can be used to help reverse an opioid overdose. This allows more people to have access to overdose drugs like naloxone. Democratic Representative Ross Wilburn quotes a Department of Justice statistic stating 40% of the time there is someone else present during an overdose. And so this just gives a tool, whether it's a parent, a professional, um, uh, healthcare professional or someone who is in the business of providing any type of substance abuse treatment, another tool to save Iowans' lives. So I ask for your support of this. This bill has wide bipartisan support in the House, but Representative Megan Srinivas wants to add more to this bill. It's time that we legalize fentanyl test strips. Fentanyl test strips are a simple strip to use very akin to a pregnancy test. It was actually made to mimic a pregnancy test in which somebody who is utilizing drugs can test to make sure that they are not accidentally ingesting fentanyl. This has saved hundreds of lives in other states and has the potential to do so here as well. Representative Thompson says those he has spoken to in law enforcement do not support legalizing fentanyl detecting strips. The people that produce these counterfeit pills aren't exactly master chemists, what they do is they create a bonding agent and then they mix fentanyl in with it. And when you have this discrepancy and inconsistent pills that are molded, a lot of times what we're seeing in some of these states that have expanded it are getting false negatives on those counterfeit pills because they're rubbing a bonding agent that contains the fentanyl, but that's not making contact with fentanyl. So 
to respect the requests of um, almost every law enforcement agency and officer that we met with before session, I would ask the body to resist the amendment at this time. The amendment is defeated, but this bill passes 91 to 3. Uh, 25 years ago, the problem was not as prevalent, um, but today it is commonplace and continues to get worse. In the Senate, Republican Senator Mark Lofgren is talking about a distracted driving bill. Uh, this bill requires the use of electronic devices while a car is in motion, be in, be in a voice-activated or hands-free mode, and it increases penalties for this provision. The current fine is $45, and it would increase under this bill to 100 If a serious injury or death occurs, the fine is 500 and and 1000 respectively, with the possibility of a suspended license. This bill includes exemptions, like allowing a utility worker to use an electronic device within the scope of their employment. It also exempts a person who may be calling about an emergency situation. It has the support from the Iowa Bicycle Coalition, and Democratic Senator Claire Selsey mentions cyclists will benefit from this bill. Devices in the car, such as cell phones, are the number one cause of distracted driving in our state. And we also had victims of um, bike, car accidents, um, and families of victims who are no longer with us talking about the devastating cost of distracted driving in our state. It would go into effect on July 1st, but a police officer will only issue a warning until January 1st. When there is a fine, 9% goes to the county's general fund where the violation is issued. Most of the rest goes to the state's general fund. The Senate also passes a bill increasing penalties for assaulting a pregnant woman. Republican Representative Tom Shipley says it includes provisions if a dangerous weapon is used. It raises the penalty for assault or displaying a dangerous weapon uh, to a Class D felony, uh, raises the penalty for domestic abuse assault from aggravated misdemeanor to a Class D for any of the following conduct, assault with intent to inflict serious injury, assault using or displaying a dangerous weapon, assault involving choking, and a second or subsequent offense of domestic abuse is raised from aggravated misdemeanor to a Class D felony. It has the support of Democratic Senator Janet Peterson. Enhancing penalties on assault on a pregnant woman, I believe, is the right thing to do. Um, I still hope that before we adjourn for the year that uh, this body will do more to actually help protect the health and safety of pregnant women who are still far too far away from getting health care in many towns across Iowa. This bill has also passed in the House. If I'm a pipeline company, I can petition for eminent domain at any point. Republican Representative Norlin Momsen speaks during a bill about pipelines being built that would transfer carbon emissions from factories like an ethanol plant. Right now, the Iowa Utilities Board can force a landowner to yield their land for projects that have public ownership or private ownership that serves public use or purpose. This bill only allows the Iowa Utilities Board to allow eminent domain only if owners of 90% of the land along the pipeline route approve. The board shall not grant a liquefied carbon pipeline company the right of eminent domain under this chapter for an interstate hazardous liquid pipeline project unless the company acquires at least 90% of the affected route miles through voluntary easements and pre-existing as easements. 
What about that last 10? Representative Momsen says it should require 100% before eminent domain is allowed. Democratic Representative Ross Wilburn says if someone wants to stop pipeline construction, this bill is not the solution. We are long past policy on this, on House File 565. It's pure politics, and the effect is to divide people. It undermines the role of the utility board. It's not going to appear on the floor of the Senate. And even if it did, the governor will not sign, in my opinion. Lobbyists for renewable fuel organizations oppose this bill and say it could damage Iowa's ethanol industry. Republican Representative Bobby Kaufman, who is also a farmer, says this isn't the case. The notion that this piece of legislation is going to kill the ethanol industry, there's a lot of four-letter words I could use to describe that, and I will not do that, so I'll just simply call it BS. There are three companies interested in building carbon pipelines. Republican Representative Mark Cisneros says the use of eminent domain for any of these three corporations, including individuals from those companies who are politically active, is not acceptable. No Iowan should ever be asked to take one for the team and give up their home or their land so that a high-profile political donor can grow his wealth. While I certainly appreciate the steps that have been taken to improve this bill, it does not change the fact that this is a proposal based on theft. There have been protests about building a carbon pipeline, including one at the Capitol, on the day of this debate. Democratic Representative Sharon Steckman supports this bill, but says it's not a perfect solution. However, it is here before us because of my constituents and because of the other Iowans that spoke out. Many are here today. I want to thank you, all of you at home and all of you here today, for speaking out and for making your voice heard. Thank you. Thank you. We would not be here doing this bill at all if you had not spoken up and made your voice heard loud and clear. Republican Representative Stephen Holt is the bill's floor manager. He says pipelines for carbon capture may be important, but they are not for public use. Yes, these pipelines are important for ethanol and for agriculture in Iowa, but that does not qualify them as public use, akin to power lines, propane gas, or highways, but rather they are for public benefit. Representative Holt says this bill is making a statement even if the senator governor don't end up supporting this bill. I believe that I must advance legislation that protects landowners to the greatest extent possible, has a chance of being signed into law, and takes into account the reality that the use of eminent domain for these CO2 pipelines is already allowed in Iowa code. The bill advances 73 to 20, with Democrats and Republicans supporting and opposing this bill. This is the Legislative Podcast, Under the Golden Dome, from IPR News. I'm John Pimble. There have been various proposals that would limit how public school students or staff are able to talk about their gender identity, what kind of books a student can have access to, or what should be removed from human growth and development courses. Senate File 496 is a bill that contains several measures. Republican Senator Ken Rosenboom floor manages a bill from the governor. Including restrictions on gender identity and sexual activity instruction, for elementary students, 
civics testing as a graduation requirement, parental consent for surveys, transparency of school records and materials, restricting the inappropriate books from school libraries. Senator Rosenboom says this bill is about parental rights. For K through sixth grade, discussion of gender identity in curriculum, a questionnaire, promotion, or instruction is prohibited. Democratic Senator Herman Korbach says it doesn't let teachers talk about things that may be going on in a child's life. What we're talking about is the ability of a teacher to respond to a question. Okay? Why does, why does Billy have two moms? Why does Tommy's sibling wear a dress, even though his name may be Jack? Those are legitimate questions, and kids want to know those answers, and a skilled, informed, trained teacher can provide those answers in an appropriate level of detail. But Senator Rosenboom says this kind of talk does not belong in elementary schools. Parents and guardians that wish to have that conversation with their child can do so in the home or any other setting they would like. But to have that in the public school, most of us, many of us believe is inappropriate. There are an awful lot of things wrong with this bill, but I'm going to address the don't say gay provision. Democratic Senator Liz Bennett says this bill doesn't allow a certain portion of the population to be acknowledged in schools. You are erasing us, LGBTQ folks in Iowa, or you're at least attempting to, but I'm going to tell you as an LGBTQ Iowan, I affirm to you that we are here. As such, this bill creates a hostile environment for students and teachers, and it will disrupt the school environment. It sends the message to kids of LGBTQ couples or LGBTQ kids themselves that there is something so wrong with them that a teacher can't even discuss or acknowledge their family, and it sets up two tiers of kids in school. Kids with a government-approved identity or a government-approved family and kids who are forced to live in a silent shadow. If a child in any grade wants to be addressed by a different name or pronoun that differs from what is on the student's registration form, they must have written permission from their parent. Additionally, if a student expresses themselves to be of a different gender... Schools must notify a parent or guardian if an employee reasonably believes a minor is expressing a different gender identity. If there are threats to the health and safety of the minor, those concerns should be reported to the Department of Health and Human Services instead of notifying the parent or guardian. For all K-12 schools, this bill requires all books available to students to be published on the school or district's website. Books must adhere to what is classified as age-appropriate, and books with descriptions or visual depictions of a sex act must be removed. Democratic Senator Claire Selsey says there are already processes in place for a parent to filter what their child checks out from the library. Currently, parents and guardians can object to a book and have their child be, not be able to check out a book, a specific book at school. They have the right to have their child read a different book other than the one assigned if they object to anything in, assigned in the book. Current law requires 
school library books to abide by the definition of obscenity under Iowa Code, which states that if a book contains obscene material, it is not considered obscene if it has serious literary, scientific, political, or artistic value. Senator Selsey says a book like The Diary of Anne Frank, which talks about masturbation, or a Judy Bloom book talking about sexuality would likely not conform to this proposal. Democratic Senator Herman Kornbach takes it one step further as he asks Senator Ken Rosenboom to answer questions. Suppose that I happen to run across a book that contains some interesting passages, a a passage on gang rape that goes on all night long and where the victim of that gang rape in the morning is dismembered. Or uh, in another passage, there's an episode of serial incest. A father has sex with both of his daughters and gets both of them pregnant. Or, Or another section that describes an act of masturbation. Do you think that's age appropriate? Does that sound like sex act to you? I know. Sure does to me. Obviously, Senator, you're referring to the Bible. Yes, sir, I am, sir. Which was, I expected someone on your side to do. My only answer to that is if a school board decides to remove the Bible from their library, I guess they could do that. Most of us have Bibles at home, but I just would like to uh, remind those school boards that they might have to put up with the wrath of a few parents if they decide under the provisions of this bill to remove the Bible from their shelves. Well, thank you, Senator Rosenboom, but with all due respect, you're wrong about that. The school board can't remove the Bible. Chapter 280, Section 6 of the Code of of Iowa says religious books such as the Bible, the Torah, and the Quran shall not be excluded from any public school or institution in this state. School board can't take it out. The bill also requires a student to pass a civics exam to graduate, and it removes information about HPV vaccination and AIDS in 7th, through 12th grade human growth and development classes. Much of the debate focuses on gender identity and sexuality. And Democratic Senator Molly Donahue says this bill will remove rights. So many people have talked about in the last few years freedoms and rights. But when you are only giving certain groups rights, you are really not for freedom. Our liberties reprise our rights will maintain. We will maintain. That is our motto, but we are taking rights away from children, their parents, and giving them to a very small group with small ideas and small ideologies. Senator Rosenboom is the only Republican to speak during this debate and says this bill is reasonable and fair. In fact, it's my belief that this bill matches up with what most schools are doing right now and what most parents already expect their school to be doing. But as long as I'm in this chamber, I will work to rein in those schools 
that believe the purpose of public education is to teach our children what they think society needs them to know. The bill passes on party lines. The House has yet to take up this proposal, which in its current form was amended the day it came before the Senate chamber. This is the weekly legislative podcast under the Golden Dome. There are many proposals passing and some are being signed into law. Iowa Public Radio reporters Katerina Sostarik and Grant Gerlach are writing about this and you can read their stories at iowapublicradio.org. Script editor for this episode is IPR News Director Michael Leland. I'm John Pimble. Under the Golden Dome is a production of Iowa Public Radio.